Well, since this is a podcast, I need some opinions on Doctor Who and Star Trek. And luckily, you guys are podcasters in both those fandoms. Doctor Who opinions. Hit it. I actually haven't really watched since, I don't know, um, I want to say like maybe, no, I watched like the first half of Picaldi. Picaldi? Yeah, right. Capaldi. Captain Jean-Luc Capaldi. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the USS TARDIS. Make it so, cunt. No. Uh, <laughs> I hate this new CBS Access thing. It's elitist. Oh, are they going to do it? Are they doing this it's, on CBS All, all Access too? All access Wait, too. so is Disco going to be on All Access again also? I think so. Yeah. Dude, what a bunch of bitches. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> it's on. like you have to buy 10 different subscriptions for something to watch television on. Yeah, it's pissing me off. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It, I think that this all access thing from CBS is driving people to download things illegally. Yeah, you know the same way that the BBC was doing when like Doctor Who wouldn't come out for a year after it was night. Right, you right. wouldn't steal right. a DVD. <laughs> oh. I'd steal Doctor Who. Yeah, no, I would. For heaven's sake, because I'm going to buy the DVD later when yeah. it comes out because yeah. I'm obsessive. I would but, do Netflix yeah. and I would do right. Hulu, but I don't. But I'm not going to pay for for. Freaking Columbia Broadcasting System. Yeah. More. All you gotta do is... I've um, watched your commercials for all my life. <laughs> give you... It's the Unreliable Narrator Theater Group's podcast. Tonight, UNTG welcome Caitlin Mason, Andy Hicks, and Steve Auger. I'm your announcer, Dr. Claw, and now, here's Caitlin, Andy, and Steve. Like, I feel like he was one of these people who had so much ego about his characters, like, about, like, well, I, of course I have to bring the angels back six times. It's like, no, you really didn't have to. <laughs> of course no. River Song has to come back all the yeah. time. No. I'm, well, that's just me. Yeah. I didn't personally love River Song. Mm. I liked her the first time. Yeah. The next six times, I was kind of like, uh... I think the Weeping Angels were the Borg of Doctor Who. Yes. Uh, sad to say. Yes. Um, my theory, and I'm, but, I'm not I a... I thought that the Daleks yeah. and the Cybermen and every <laughs> other recurring thing was the Borg of the Doctor Who. It's all Borgs. <laughs> Borgs all the way down. Technically, the, technically the Borgs are the Cybermen because it's the exact, exact yeah. same thing. Yeah, the assimilation exact. majig. But I see what you're doing with the Weeping Angels in terms of, like, they work really well once or twice. But every time you try, you bring them back. It's like you got to find new things for yeah. them to, and it just—it was the whole it. end yeah. of Amy and um, yeah. what's his face, Rory, Rory. Yeah. <laughs> Amy and Rory. That—that that was their. Out. That's his last right. name. Yeah. What's his face? That's right. Rory, what's his face? See, I watched um, Next Generation every night while I, in my um, non-sober days, so it was like. By the time the credits were rolling, I was kind of half off the couch, kind of. And it was only like 7 o'clock. What time did you come on? 6? It was like 7 o'clock, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that was sort of like the end, Mm -hmm. the start of my night, and the credits were sort of like the start of my blackout. Mm. (laughs) I just thought I'd throw that in. (laughs) You were like, all right, I'm going to Warp 9. So I probably never saw most of them. One thing I like about listening to A a Star to Steer Her By, available where you get your podcasts, is that, uh, you know, I I think you guys are all younger than me. When Star Trek Next Generation started, I was seven. When it ended, I was 14. 
So, like, <clears throat> for me, you quite correctly pointed out that the first season was kind of lackluster. But for me, it's like, I don't know, it's a real cut above, like, the cartoon show about the people who jump into a pool and become hero fish who save the world <laughs> from other uh, evil people who also become fish and try to destroy the world. What is that? I think it was called Tiger Sharks. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember Tiger Sharks. Yeah. Really? Cut above yeah. Tiger Sharks. You know, cut above Karate Cat, the... Cartoon about a cat, cat. who uh, did karate. Does karate. Yeah, yeah. I think, <laughs> no, uh, I no actually, he did. He did ninjutsu. Actually, so they totally blew it on the name. Damn. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a cut above like the Smurfs, but not the Snorks. The, the Snorks, Snorks are the best. They're superior to the Smurfs. Yes, they seriously are. I'm okay, saying. I'm glad we had this. Anyway. Moment. Modern people a lot of times say he fell into depression. And of course, because he was the president while the Great Depression was being set up, it's kind of, it's almost a cheat, frankly, for a playwright to, here's Calvin Coolidge's depression, which may have contributed to our Great Depression. It's it's the new all the way. Yeah. Like all the way (laughs) off a cliff. All the way. (laughs) And that about covers it, President Coolidge. I've got the resignations of the last of the men implicated in the Warren Harding scandals. We're ready to start work on your agenda. Good. I don't think anyone in my family thought a Coolidge would ever sit in the White House. Yet, here I am. I wish my mother had lived to see it. But I presume she and my cousin Abby and all of those old Coolidges are watching from heaven. Along with the Almighty. Don't worry, Mother. I can swing it. Oh, I'm sorry I hate it for my assistants to see me when I become emotional. Oh, that's no problem at all, Mr. President. It's a time like this I remember the sage advice my father gave me just before my inauguration. Well, suppose we better get to it, son. I have a notary public appointment in an hour. Yes, Father. What a wise man. Well, enough crying like little girls. Let's get to work. In three, two... Good evening, my fellow Americans. I speak to you at the dawn of 1924 to announce a new thing called the Roaring Twenties. You're going to love them. Ready? Release the flappers. Flappers come to the stage and lead the crowd in a joyful dance of the time, and we hear upbeat 20s music. Preppies join them. Wall Street goes gangbusters. Nation's economy soars with energy of youth. Coolidge dances around the stage, signing paperwork and chatting with people. Flash, newly active President Coolidge signs a ban on child labor. I'm for industrial development, but we must also humanize the system. Flash, Coolidge enacts a minimum wage for women, extends citizenship to all Indian tribes, and improves health care for veterans. A great humanitarian, the man they used to call Silent Cal, is speaking loud now. Right now, there are empty beds in veterans' hospitals. I propose we fill those beds right now, without regard to cost. Flash, Coolidge may be the silent type, but he's strong. He works 12-hour days. Where does he find time to sleep? He is so much better than Harding, but most importantly, the good economy rolls on. Yay! You know something? I made a bet with my wife that I personally could get Silent Cal to say at least three words. You lose. (laughs) 
You're really on the trolley, Mr. President. Mr. President, we have bad news. It's Calvin Jr. He's collapsed. A silent Calvin Coolidge Jr. is brought in on a sickbed. The party recedes as Coolidge cares for him. The culprit is an infected blister which has spread to his blood. A blister. Not to worry, everyone. Let me just handle this with a bit of prayer. Dear Lord, the majestic qualities of my office fail me on this one, so you handle my son's life. I'm sorry, Mr. President. He's gone. Gone? Good Lord, so quickly. His death took le- less than... Less, less than a week. I... Mr. President, I, I just want you to know uh, how sorry we all are for you. Keep, keep cool, cool and keep, keep Coolidge. Cool keep cool and keep Coolidge. Thank you. Thank you. The flappers draw Coolidge back into the party. He struggles to dance, but his mind isn't on it. Flash, the good times keep rolling. Has the good economy made poverty extinct? Sir, Wall Street is showing signs of overheating. I'm afraid we're seeing a speculation bubble. Uh, do something about it. Settle this yourself or I'll find a new assistant. Chum, you see the paper this morning? Hmm. Yes, your ban on child labor was challenged in court by a group of dick faces, and the Supreme Court ruled in their favor. Child labor is legal again. That is very tragic. Well, perhaps some future president will figure out how to protect those poor children. I certainly can't protect them. I couldn't even protect my own dear child. Well... Poor, poor dear Calvin. He called out to me, you know, sitting in this majestic office, powerless to relieve his suffering. But one thing is certain. Had I not been president, he wouldn't have raised that blister on his toe. There's no two ways about it. When Calvin died, all the power and the glory of this office went with him. God has funny ways of keeping us humble, doesn't he? I used to be so sure of my own greatness. I was such a fool. You all seem pretty humble to me. I am guilty of the sin of pride! Oh well, soon I will be in heaven, reunited with my boy. Flash! Coolidge begins sleeping 12 hours a day, falls asleep at random times, explodes with rage at random officials. Now sir, we, we really do have a problem. I told you I wasn't to be disturbed! It's Germany, sir. The Nazis are rising, but we can't offer much help to refugees because of the immigration limits you signed. I'd like to help, but you know, it, it's very difficult to get anything outward looking through Congress. It's Europe. There's always refugees from some place with their sob stories. Better to leave well enough alone. I don't feel this is the place for me anymore. I don't believe I'll run for president again. Coolidge hides under blankets, writes a brief statement on a card, and throws it over to the partygoers. Ah, note from our shy host. <clears throat> I do not choose to run for president in 1928. What? Applesauce. He was doing a great job. The assistant moves Coolidge's bed to his home in Vermont. Coolidge's head emerges. Well, I guess I shall golf. Coolidge takes out a golf club and begins playing a quiet, lonely indoor game against himself. On the other side of the stage, we hear a balloon pop very loudly. 
Speculation bubble bursts. President Hoover urges calm as ever we will eventually call Great Depression begins. My money! My family's home! Well, time for suicide, fellas. Preppy 2 and Flapper 2 jump off the stage to their deaths. Good God, my nest egg was gone in a week. How could this have happened? Too bad Coolidge isn't here. He never let it get like this. I'm not sure about that. You know, I liked him at the time, but looking back, he sort of gave up after a while. Silent Cal. Maybe he was so silent because he was a little dumber than we thought, huh? Flash! Herbert Hoover sucks! Voters elect Franklin Roosevelt! You know something? I just wasn't made for these times. Coolidge collapses of a heart attack. Here it comes! I'm sure this is it! I'm not afraid! The lights change as Coolidge dies. John Calvin Coolidge. Hear the voice of your heavenly father, mortal, President of the United States. What foolish crowing is that to he who is called I am? You would... You're absolutely right. I'm a wretch, a monster, unworthy of salvation. If you choose to send me to hell away from my family, oh. I can only accept this decision as the oh. holy word of a just oh. God. Okay, okay, jeez. You're too Calvinist even for me sometimes. Welcome to heaven, Calvin Coolidge. There's someone looking forward to seeing you. Calvin! Coolidge runs to Junior and they hug, and for the first time, Coolidge cries without shame. Ah, I'll be doing a play called Vaikuna at Zeitgeist Stage, September 14th to October 6th. Uh, so you can hear my lovely dulcet tones uh, every Thursday on A Star to Steer Her By, uh, which is, it's a Star Trek podcast. It's a lot of fun. Uh, two diehard fans and two fairly... Not like uninitiated, but at least not quite as entrenched uh, fans talk about Star Trek two episodes at a time, and we call it our seven-year mission because it's going to take at least that long. Um, <clears throat> I'm also um, performing as uh, Ensign Chekhov in an upcoming production of Gender Swap Star Trek with the Post Meridian Radio Players. I have an occasional podcast, which is becoming less occasional, called the uh, Coal Hill AV Club. It's a bunch of us talking about Doctor Who stuff, and it's going to be super rad. Jumping back in with a lot more content coming up, I have an interview with a couple of friends of mine who wrote books about Doctor Who that I'm going to talk to them, and that's going to be neat. Speaking of books, um, both my wife Emma Kaywood and I have essays in the forthcoming uh, ATB publishing compilation of essays, Outside In Takes a Stab, and it's every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, episode uh, basically essays about each, each episode. Uh, Emma also has a track on the upcoming Wizard Rock compilation, you know, Wizard Rock, the Harry Potter, you know, people who write songs about Harry Potter. Send your sci-fi geek and history geek opinions to unreliablenarratorpodcast at gmail.com. Calvin featured Andy Hicks as Calvin Coolidge, Steve Auger as the Preppies, and God. 
Carl Danielson as the assistant, John Coolidge, and stage directions, and Caitlin Mason as the newspaper woman and the flappers. Copyright 2018. Visit unreliable-narrator.com. Unreliable Narrator does strange homemade theater in Boston. <laughs> 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 oh, piss off. <laughs> oh, my God. Cool it out. Very nice. <laughs> I'll get you next time, Inspector Gadget. Next time. <laughs>